My name is Nia Kapsinski. I am the CEO and I guess, um, yeah, CEO of Ancestral Hadi. Because um, even though I am a tarot reading service business, I am expanding to be more than that. I have products I sell. Um, I have services beyond tarot readings that I'm able to offer people. And I feel like a big part of just being an entrepreneur is just having the skill set to um, advertise yourself. So like I've done advertising work, I've done videography work, but um, yeah, so CEO of Ancestor Hadi. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys are in for a treat. It might go deep, might go so deep for y'all. Some of you might be scared and say, what's happening? He has the ancestral hottie. <laughs> Nia's going to give us the game today on how she got into this. And when you guys see her last name, I'm glad I'm not the only, I'm going to say it <laughs> without confirming it. I'm not the only Jew on the line, whatnot. But that sounds like a Polish uh, Jewish name. Is that correct, Nia? Yeah, it's Polish, but not Jewish. Now, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I grew up with a little bit of everybody. So I, I know, I know, you know, some folk, I'm like, is that? But gotcha. <laughs> well, welcome to Diversified Game. Let's get into it because you know, there's, and we met, just so people know, we met at a great gala in Houston recently, the official Black Book. It was beautiful. Nia was looking good. Her client was looking good. And she was so friendly in a room full of just black excellence. But when she told me what she did, I said, oh, we got to talk because she's a manager and she's so much more. But let's get into the stuff that gets black folk nervous. Ancestral hottie, the tarot cards, you know, folks get what is this? Oh, no. So give us the game on what you do, why you do and when you start it. Okay. Okay. So what I do, well, I am a tarot reader. So when I am reading the cards, I'm tapping into your energy, the energy of your guides. And I am a devotee of Santa Muerte. So I will use her energy to assist me when I'm reading the cards. So when I am in my practice, I'll, of course, like read for myself and I'll really have my own interpretation of what each card means. So I feel like people who come to me and they really, you know, enjoy my readings, enjoy what I do, it's our energy connecting. That's all a reading is, energy connecting, conversations being had, and a mutual shared understanding of the knowledge that we all have within us. Because tarot cards, they tap into a part of our subconscious that is, that's what I'm looking for that is stimulated by pictures. You know how sometimes we just see a certain image and we just, and something just clicks. That's what tarot cards are supposed to do for us. Connect these things within our subconscious so we can better understand the reality that we live in and the options that we have. And for some of us even, depending on you know, how skilled we are within reading the cards, um, what's gonna come up next? You know, that's why some people, they're very, very um, accurate. They have very, very great accuracy with you know, telling what's going to come up next. Some people may specialize in, you know, love readings. Other people specialize in career readings. You know, it's kind of just really depends on that person and the energy that they are most tapped into. Um, I started reading cards when I was in 
oh gosh, probably like middle school. <laughs> um, I got into cards because I am a sucker for love. And I had a crush on this boy I, and he did not return my feelings. So I was like, man, I just need to understand what's wrong with him. What's wrong with me? Why can't I move on? And I got my first deck. And ever since then, I was kind of like, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, it makes sense, like, what this card is showing about me. This is exactly how I feel. This is really a good way for me to process this. Because the tarot cards, they're really a tool for us to be able to transform our lives into a better version of ourselves. That's why the cards don't always tell you what you want to hear. It's going to tell you the truth. Um, mm. But I got into the cards because I wanted to be able to heal myself. I wanted to be better. And I didn't want to allow one fantasy to just get carried away with, to get my life carried away. Um, ever since then, of course, you know, I've been practicing years and years, middle school, high school, college, ever since now. <laughs> and um, the cards really have given me a lot of stories and a lot of insight that I feel can be timeless. So no matter what I, you know, venture off into tarot reading and, you know, connecting with just another person is something that is, I guess, what the tarot card is all about, at least the way that I perceive it. Um, okay. I guess, um, what questions do you have for me based off of that? Because I kind of feel like I got off course. <laughs> No, you're good. You, you're good. And I just, I want to tap in because the purpose of this podcast, it's a no judgment zone. And it's to show again, how people start, sustain and succeed in what they do. Everybody is going to have their own individual journey. So, you know, mothers who are listening, grandmothers who are listening, great grandmothers, don't just start praying and saying, oh, no, 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 this is, turn this off. Listen to where someone came from because you don't know you know, your system um, can transform into so many other things and you don't know where this life, you're still so young, you can do whatever you want in life. And I think we all could until you're dead, you're alive, right? But can you maybe demystify things? Because when people hear tarot cards, they say, oh, are you also a psychic? You know, everybody right now calls himself an empath and a philanthropist. And you know what? Everybody, I think, could have the ability if they tapped in. But we know some people don't have that gift and some people don't have the money to be a philanthropist with their time or their money. So talk about, you know, what you do and what you don't do to kind of demystify for folks who try to put everybody in the same, you know, category and say, oh, this is witchcraft. Well, Tarot reading, just like any skill, is something that can be learned. We all have the ability to read the cards. It's just some people are able to be tapped in at a more accelerated rate than others, just as how some people have more money than other people. Some people are more are faster runners than other people. As much time as you want to dedicate to the art of cartomancy, that's tarot reading in more occultist terms, then the more you can learn. Anybody can pick up the cards and learn it. That's why people offer classes. The way that I read the cards, just based off of the experiences and the way that I perceive life. So that's why, you know, <clears throat> some people, you know, they might not like me as a reader because you might not agree with what I have going on. And that's why other people, you know, they'll say very different things. But tarot, re tarot reading, 
is again it's stimulating a part of your subconscious is something that can be learned because we all have a subconscious we all have the ability to tap in and and if this is a tool that connects with you you'll be able to build upon that connection some people may not feel connected to the cards and that's perfectly okay but if it's divination that's what tarot reading also falls under for like the category of what we're doing divination um then you may be able to find something else that connects with you but what i do personally is um i really feel that forming a, a connection with the cards is important like the cards are a way for me to connect with my spirit guides and be able to see what options I have or what I'm going through in this moment in kind of almost like a third person perspective, because it's like, you know, I'll have something going on in my life. Let's say it's another relationship. And I'll be like, man, I really can't get out of my head about the way that this is feeling. What are my options for how to overcome this? And they'll show me a couple different options. They'll really like show how the situation is being perceived by me. And then, you know, we could always ask the cards, like, well, what if this is going to happen? How is this going to turn out? And I feel like the more you practice with the cards, the better your accuracy can get towards, you know, predicting what you need to see. But that kind of goes back to my first point. You know, the more you practice, the more you learn, the better you're able to perceive and feel. Because there's many ways for you to strengthen your intuition. And the more of a connection you have with your intuition, the better you'll be able to read the cards because you're tapping into yourself, you're tapping into consciousness and you're tapping into your guides. Um, a, way for you, a way for you to strengthen your intuition is again, practicing. <laughs> um, you could also go outside to connect with nature. You could meditate. You could, um, you practice not thinking anything because when we allow ourselves to have a quiet mind and to just feel what we're feeling and we're looking at the cards and we're just allowing it to hit our subconscious, it can trigger things and it can trigger changes within us that will overall in like a bigger scheme that we really can't see from like, you know, today, tomorrow, probably next week even, how these cards are able to influence us. Like, let's say a lot of people are scared of the tower card. The tower card, they're at a really low point in their life. They're kind of like, oh, man, I knew this was going to happen. They're not pondering that tarot, that tarot card. They're thinking about it. They're looking at their life and they're like, man, I really am in a tough situation. And now their mind is starting to think of ways to either accept what's happening or evolve from this current situation. So everybody has kind of like that gut feeling. And doing what feels good for you to feel more connected to that feeling is all you can really do to learn how to read the cards or be able to understand how some people can read the cards easier. Okay. Now you had said something earlier um, of your reading. Was it Dia de Amorte? Is that the Day of the Dead? Uh, my um, Spanish is malo, pero practicar todos los días. Mexico, viva la Mexico. Um, but is that what you said or was, did I get the translation no. wrong? No, I said Santa Muerte. She's known as Holy Death. Okay. 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 I'm going to have to look that one up. Don't, 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 don't know that yeah. one that, yeah. I could tell you a little bit. 
Um, so Santa Muerte is a folk Catholic Mexican saint deity. She, um, she is really popular now in the United States after there, what's a good way for us? What's a good way? What's a good point for me to start? <laughs> so she's um, a Mexican folk saint deity. Um, mm. She is really popular now in the United States after the 90s because a lot of her followers migrated over here. Um, she's really popular with people who work in the nightlife. I'm also a bartender. So people who are bartenders, people who are dancers, people who kind of work odd jobs because she helps anybody and she doesn't judge people. So people who feel like they are very ostracized, like a lot of members of the LGBTQ community go to her for acceptance because she is very forgiving and she's very understanding. So I'm a devotee of hers because I've gone through a lot of things in my life where I had to not only accept myself better, but do better for my life to be better. And when we're able to handle the responsibility and feel heard for what we are needing to elevate ourselves, it's a very transformational feeling. And it really gives, it really gives a lot of perspective to how connected we are to spirit and to our best selves. Okay. Let me ask, because I don't want to assume, because your last name, you know, I, I said Polish, at least I got that part right. But, um, you know, culturally wise, like, you know, are you, are you I'm not black Spanish. and Polish? You're, yeah. And I'm you're black. not Spanish and no, you're not Spanish. She works with anybody. She accepts everybody. There's people in Russia. There's people in France. There's people in Italy who worship her. There are white people who worship her, black people who worship her. She is, because death is everywhere. And mm. um, people who say that, you know, she's only for Spanish people or she's only for Mexican people, like, you're wrong. And every, you know, if you read any books about her, they're all going to say the same thing. She loves people. She loves anybody who can respect her, who can honor her. And that's it. Live the life you want to okay. live. Yeah. And this is a this is a spirit, not just a person, right? This is or is this someone that is a person that you have been able to meet, touch? No, this is a this is a spirit. This is so okay. something worth it, Saint Death, Holy Death. Um, oh, okay. She, is the spirit of death. Okay. So well, because you know, you know, nowadays somebody could say they are, you know, or they came back as, and it happens no matter what the religion, right? Um, whether you're Muslim, Christian, people are like, oh, I'm reincarnated of. And so we just want to make sure it's clear because you get to live your life the way you want. You get to um, have whatever transformation. I hate a box. I have 78 more years on this earth as this, right? I don't want to be put in a box. My kids and wife know, don't put me in a box, dude, like we did my mother. We, we, and, and growing, you learn things and you're like, oh, you're exposed to things and we all take our own learning. So again, judgment free, let's get into the business side of it. Being black and Polish, how were you ostracized by both sides? Because I know 
Nobody <laughs> said, oh, this is great. Yeah, you're talking death. You're talking terror. You're talking psychic. And she has that on her Instagram. So I'm not throwing psychic on her. She's <laughs> throw. you know, she has that. Um, how were you vilified? Uh, does your family still talk to you? How's that going? Well, I didn't become a devotee until later in my life. Um, when I was younger, um, my mom knew that I had like the gift, like we're all able to see spirits, we're all able to hear spirits. Um, but my mom kind of knew. It was on it's definitely on my mom's side, that's the black side. And my dad, he didn't really acknowledge it. Um, so when I was like, you know seeing stuff and like feeling stuff it was kind of just like overlooked by him and then they don't really treat me any differently like i'm kind of just there i feel like my family is like pretty just eh, well that's what you think and they'll just like shrug it off but i feel like i don't really care what they have to think about me because i'm just at a point in acceptance with myself like if you believe me you believe me if you don't you don't um, I can only do what I feel is correct in my own life. Cause if I feel like they really aren't hearing me, you know, I can't force them to listen. I can only just accept because I'm not the type to be very preachy. It's kind of like, I'm going to let you do what you need to do. But I told you, I tried my best to get the message across. My family knows what I do, what I do. They respect what I do and they still love me the same. They're very proud of me and they're very proud of what I do. They, yeah, they kind of just wear your hands off. <laughs> this is what we do Okay. And, and, you know, on both sides, you have to let people do what they do. I'm a consultant. Uh, I have business for the last decade plus because we make people money and profit, right? But I tell people it's a bigger power than what we do. But if you don't want to listen and whether it's a class, an event or whatever, you don't want to come to, like I invited so many people to the uh, official black book. Nobody showed up. I'll go by myself. I'll fly in and just go by myself. And that's okay. And I'm going to say, hey, maybe you missed out on a hundred thousand dollars. Maybe you missed out on a million, but it just wasn't your million to get at that time. So I don't mind taking it. Um, and, and I thank Jerry me for putting on such a great event. I think he does that with his um, wife or girlfriend, not sure which one, but um, it's a great event. The who's who of Houston were there. But when you're doing this type of work, um, how does it impact your friendships, your relationships, and how do you do it where you can monetize it enough that it satisfies you? I get some hippie vibes where it's like money ain't the reason why I'm doing all of this. Money's not the only reason I'm here. I'm here to, you know, make my impact outside of the, the money. So talk about that because a lot of people, when you get off, oh, it's I could give you a billion dollars right now and now it's not about money. And now what is your life's purpose? So talk about kind of how you go through life and just, you know, from your relationships and work because you have these gifts and people would say, oh, then you know what's coming, right? They try to throw that on you. Oh, you know what's coming. You knew that was going to happen. Why didn't you tell me? So I just want you to kind of explain that in your own words and take your time. Well, one thing that I tell people is this, like, unless you're paying me for a reading, I'm not tapped in. Like, I can know some shit. And if I, unless it's really, like, impending to your safety, I'm not probably not going to say anything. Because you're not paying for my services. It's all love and light. It's all good. But at the end of the day, this is a business. A lot of people, like, 
will come up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, you're a psychic. What's my what's what's gonna happen to me? What's 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 happening next? And it's like that's basically like coming up to your barber and being like, hey, you see my you see my edge up? I need a cut. You see how clean that'll look. I think that um one thing that I'm working towards is getting my shop. By being a spiritualist, I am learning so much about well, by being a spiritualist, like of course I've dabbled in herbs, I've dabbled in I've dabbled in herbs, I've dabbled in aromatherapy, I've dabbled in sound bowls. And I feel like one thing that I'm working towards is getting my shop up and running. Because if I have a place for me to consistently do my readings, I would be able to make a positive impact just on the community. People travel from all over. I know I've traveled from places to go to spiritual shops just because of a service or a product that they offer. And I feel like the environment that I would be able to create would be able to just be a better place for people to receive those services from me and from the other practitioners that I've met along my path. Because being, you know, being a tarot reader and being the person that I am, it is only halfway about money. <laughs> I do like to not become so attached to it to the point that where I'm not willing to like take a risk to have a really powerful and positive impact. Like I remember my first puff and paint that I posted that I ever tried. I was kind of just like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to pour all my energy into this and like a good amount of money into this. And it worked out really well just because I felt like it was a good thing to do. It's only halfway about money because as long as this seems like somewhat of a good idea, it's worth the risk. But I feel like that's kind of where, you know, all of our minds kind of just, I guess it's like, again, you know, your own intuition when it comes down to your money, you're not going to just throw it away. That's just stupid. But being a spiritualist, I like to think about ways for it to impact more people than just me. And I feel like that can attribute to maybe being a philanthropist too. I'm not that, so um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we all can do our philanthropy in our own way. Um, I tell people on this show, I have, you know, different various people. Some have a ton of money, their own jets. Some have nothing and they live in shelters, but they're starting their business. And the beauty about the the, the entrepreneur lane, it's always... It's 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 it has its waves and yeah being a philanthropist whenever when I hear people say that and I'm part of a VC fund I'm a very small member like like this <laughs> um, and I think about the people when you're meeting them that's not what it's about um, especially if you're comfortable in who you are and if you have you know VC doesn't want to give you a million dollars that's not any money to VC they want to give you 10, 20 million for your ideas, but they're also going to probably take uh, what many may say is your soul. Uh, and so <laughs> are you willing to give up, you know, where people think their business is their baby? If you're, if you need money, kind of, almost like pimping, you know, and, and a pimp will say, I'm just a player in making progress and we, we got a system <laughs> together. But what we're finding out and why a lot of when people say, oh, well, VC doesn't give enough money to black people or even Hispanics, it's not necessarily true. You have to be in the room and you have to be willing to play by the rules. Uh, we don't have a problem finding money for clients. Half the time, no, 90% of the time, probably, they don't want to take the money once they read all the rules because you're out of control now. If it's my money, it's my rules. And right. we're at a time, everybody wants to be free. That's why we're doing a lot of what we do. You mentioned being a bartender too, though. 
Um, yeah. Talk about. Wait, but you're you're going for a contest. I think I want to make sure we we pump yes. this up. Tell them about that. And and you know, if you want to tell them more information, you can. I don't want stalkers coming creeping on you, but give them the game. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I am entering a bartender competition. It's to be featured on Bartender Magazine as the new cover. So y'all definitely go vote for me. Voting ends on Thursday for the second round. Um, yeah, voting is on Thursday for the second round. I can send him the link from the post. So <laughs> that'll be great. Um, being a bartender, like you said, you know, when it's not your money, you're out of control. I feel that I'm at a point in my career where I'm not trying to settle down and like have the business, have the shop and like lay down the roots quite yet. Like, no, I just would like to kind of have that nest ready for whenever I am ready, you know? I still feel like I'm at a point in my journey where I need to learn a lot. I need to experience a lot. And I need to see a lot still. So just having that money there to not have a worry and to not feel like I'm not making any progress, but rather just timing it out is a big reason why I have that second job and why I take up so many occupations. Because whenever I do begin, you know, that's what I'm going to want to pour all my energy into. I can just do that freely. But being a bartender, it's really fun. Like, it's really just my fun job. Um, I'll see back there. I'm pretty good at making the drinks. That's why I'm in the competition. But seeing the different types of people, seeing how the planets can affect the different types of people, seeing how I'm able to do things to affect my wealth, bring me more whatever I'm looking for that night, um, is very interesting. Because it's almost like a social experiment. Because it's like, if I take, um, like, let's say mint, um, really quick trip for you guys. If you chew mint, um, you can eat like the natural mint, but mint's a really good thing for cleansing. You could do that when you just have like a really bad argument with your, let's say like a client's being really nasty. Just go chew some mint real quick and then like speak over yourself and be like, everything that I say will now come across unbothered or whatever you would like to say. But being able to see how my intuition can affect other people. So, well, not my intuition, but like my influence and my prayer can affect others is very interesting because like spirit wants to work for the good of all. Everybody wants to have a good time. We all want to have a great night. We all want to make some money, whatever. And when we're praying for the highest good of all, it's probably going to happen. So being a bartender for me is a way for me to build up my skill as well as gain the skills that just being behind a bar has. Like, I feel like being a bartender has really brought me a lot of really great experiences because I pride myself in having a good energy when I walk in there. Like, I love walking in all cleansed up, ready, making sure everybody has good tests, making sure the customers are happy because I want to have a good night. Like I want everybody to walk in and walk away happy. And when we're praying for that, it's very powerful. I don't want anybody to walk away feeling gypped and I don't want anybody to come at me with crazy ass energy. Like we're all just here to have a good time. Gotcha. And you're, I think you're, you know, you come off very kind and you're, um, Petite. I want to make sure I use the right words. So in 30 <laughs> years, they don't say I was using words that are no longer 
acceptable. And I don't mind being canceled because I'm not asking for anyone's validation, just so you guys know. And you guys know from the flags behind me, I have enough places to go where you <laughs> won't find me. But let talk to the people, you know, bartending, you got that. You have your readings, but you also manage people. And I want to, you know, I know you just got into that, but tell people how you got into that. Because so many people ask me, but I have so many decades and now of experience. Like, Kellen, how'd you get, how'd you become a licensed sports agent? I took the test. I, no, I didn't even take the test. I paid the money. That was the test in Florida, at least. You know, that's all you have to do in Florida. We'll say that. Um, there is a test for NFL and all this other stuff. But talk to the people about managing people and how you got into that. Oh, gosh, I wouldn't even say I'm managing people yet. Um, Delane was the amazing singer that I was working with that night. Um I would say I'm more of a personal assistant because I'm not in charge of managing. I just take the pictures and the videos and put it together. So I'm more of the editor, the camera person. Um, but I met her because I was filming at Winter Street Studios. They're an amazing um, photography studio in Houston that um, I think they are remodeling now, but that was the last title that they were using. So Jelaine and I knew each other from there. She made a post about needing an assistant and I swiped up. So we've just been working hand in hand with that because I like having a lot of fun with my Instagram, like making little reels for educational videos or my little tarot posts are really fun for me. So I was like, why not continue to do that for other people? And her singing is amazing. So putting yes. anything with her and her voice is going to go viral for sure. So it's really fun just to work with other people and watch them build their dreams up because I do want to see all of us win. I do want to be able to just be like, oh man, let's just, let's just do it together. Cause I know what to do. You, you're you and it's going to be great. No, I'm saying, amen. That's, that's how, so no, let's talk about, being on a personal assistant, we can go there too if we're not managing per se yet. Oh, I don't again. Say I've seen, yeah, I've seen the personal assistant become the president of a label or of something. So you can go from here to there. This is the beauty about entertainment, and I tell, and this is why I tell you, young folks, when you say, "Well, so what school should I go to?" Maybe you shouldn't go to school. I, I went to school. I, I paid that six figures back. You know, Sally Maybach, y'all got your money. I don't owe no debt. I'm great on that. Thank God. But you, to do with a personal assistant, talk about some of them those duties. Because some people think it's like going to run cheesecake. You know, the famous Puff Daddy thing. You might not remember that. You're so young. <laughs> but you might have seen the replays. But talk about, you know, just what it means to be a personal assistant to someone. Because some, like we're in an era where people are still abusing their personal assistant. People are still thinking, oh, I can sleep with my personal assistant, my personal assistant. And that's not part of the game. If you're really yeah. in this, like, you know, it's now if you are, if you were 304, you were 304, you were going to do that with whatever title you had. But, right. Yeah. Well, to all the personal assistants out there listening, if your boss is not paying for your parking, drop them. If your boss is making you pay for anything, drop them. They are not supposed to be asking you for money. 
So, um, Jelaine has been a really awesome, um, we don't, I don't want to say like boss because she doesn't feel like we have, like we don't, we don't like the term boss. Team member, team member. Team, yeah. She is an amazing team member because, um, she is really great with dates. Um, one thing that you may have to do as an assistant is you may have to just remind them about some of the days, some of the time, stuff like that. And that's very easy, at least for me. Um, but that's just something that I like to do just to confirm like what's going on, just to double check or, or to make sure that we're just still on schedule. I've only had to make like one or two stops when we are like out and about, but that was a very rare emergency. For the most part, when I'm assisting her, I am picking out places for us to take selfies. I am giving her like a second opinion on like whatever dress that she may want to wear for the evening or whatever outfit she may want to wear. Um, or I'm really just like planning content for her to post. So another thing that you may, that at least like I do is when we're out and about, um, I'll tell people like, that come up to me, I'll be like, oh yeah, like, oh, I'm with, so I'm with Delane. Um, I'm helping her out with this show. You may want to follow us so that way you can come up to the next one. Just, you know, telling people about why you're there and who you're with and what you're, what you're helping out with. Because we, I feel like we live in a day and age where like all of us need somebody to take pictures or promote, or we all know somebody like, might as well share. We need that. We're in an age where everybody's such an individual. We need to find out how do we come together. It's so funny when two or three folks come together and it can turn into 10 and 20 and thousands, but you just have to, you know, you have to follow. Uh, Seth Godwin, I always quote this book, uh, Tribes, and the whole book is about finding your tribe. And a tribe doesn't always look like you. So, you know, think outside the box. What is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? One thing that I really love is yoga. I love yoga. I feel like a really awesome community give back. I'm not sure if this would count even, but like if we could do like a like a free like yoga in the park day. Because I feel like we just don't get to like really have enough time outdoors as adults to just be and just have fun. So I feel like I'm not sure if that would count. Hold on, what, what's the community? No, that? that counts. That that <laughs> counts. You, and that's that's the beauty of it. It's whatever you give back. Because think if your yoga right in the park started with ten, then it could go into ten or it could go into ten thousand. But maybe during that yoga after, and it's for everyone. We start feeding people. We start whatever yeah. it. Things. Okay, I wanted to have some food like that because that's the thing. Like if we had like okay, I I was I wasn't sure. I was I was like man. Is that like an okay thing that's in the park? It's already kind of out there. Did I okay, tell so you this is judgment-free zone? You better do you and say you. you I ain't, okay. Hey, do you. So I want to do, oh, here's here's one that I actually thought of recently. It would be like, it was a book drive. I remember when I was a kid, I fucking loved Scholastic. So I remember the book fairs. I want to do one where like people can just come up and like take a book. Maybe we could have like the yoga there and it could be like a whole like bring a book take a book, get some yoga, get some 
I don't know, some vegan food. That'd be pretty dope. And I feel like it could be like a very communal thing because I know so many vegans in Houston. I know so many people who love to do yoga in the park. Um, and I feel like everybody has a book or two that they just don't want anymore. Or they can just come and get a book maybe. People who can like donate. I don't know, bookstores can donate. Oh yeah, you ever pick up? I I saw this first in Seattle when we lived there, and I hope it goes globally. But like, you could be on a trail and you can pick up a book at the trail, or you can give a book, or some neighborhoods have them. So that that's a beautiful, beautiful give back. Why do you think? And before I ask this next question, I'm thinking about the shop you were talking about. I meant to tell you this your shop i could see it being mobile because you're such in a way where you said you have so much to learn and travel it's mobile it's a big van sprinter van whatever type of van you want or can afford and it's hitting the road i'll go where you go that's just what i wanted to throw out there but and if you look up the SBA, our PTAC, our score, you might find a way for someone to donate you a van or give you the money to do it that you don't have to pay back. That's a whole nother podcast. You guys go to Kellen Cash and learn that game. Um, what do you think is stopping a lot of the people that you're coming into contact with, whether it's people you're reading um, or people just in general from progressing you know it's not inflation stopping people what what do you think it is is it doubt is it past traumas like what are you hearing on the on the streets or the executive suites when you when you're saying like um can you say it one more time stopping from well moving? i what what's uh, we're we're what i'm what i'm seeing and hearing from a lot of especially entrepreneurs or young people who want to do something and don't necessarily want to work for anybody they're like they'll say it's money then you show them where the money is right and they're like oh okay that's where the money is but then they still don't always or a majority of the time go to the next level for their business or their planning or their philanthropy whatever it is but are you seeing that people are 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 we dealing with something I don't know if there's some like, especially in your age range, because I think you're still in your 20s. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like the older people can tell you, hey, we did this and we got here. And especially uh, first generation millennials like myself, where it starts, where we didn't want to work for anybody. So we're like, this is how we didn't have to work for anybody. But that's not necessarily the same thing for my cousins who are in their teens or their 20s. They're like, I hear you, but. And that but can be various things. So I'm just wondering, do you see like your generation, people around you, is there anything holding you back or is there any way older folks can support you in your mission, in your plans, whether it has to do with money or just progress? I think a lot of younger kids or like younger people just need to have the space to experience. Like there's a lot of fear that could come behind failing for the one thing that you have been, you know, working up towards. And I fear failure could manifest like in a lot of different ways for many different people. So I guess fear of failure is like one very broad general way of saying that. But I think that people also just want to not feel tied down to one thing for the rest of their lives. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think that covers it because a lot of people like we all want to have these like multiple different dreams or at least a lot of like the younger people that I see and it's really hard to dedicate so much of your time to just one consistent thing especially when we know there's like so much out there and I feel like a lot a lot of younger people like we don't want to work like we really don't want to work for the rest of our lives we want to be able to like be free or free very free and we're gonna want to try to figure out a way how to do that without having to commit to just one thing. I'm not really sure, but I, I love, I, I love it. I love it because I, I, I get that that you know more and more in this country, folks don't want to work. And I've heard the funny TikToks and hey, can you give us some more PPP money? And you know the surfer dude talking out there. And it's like, well, there are ways not to have to have a traditional job, but if you don't want to work at all, do you then need the securities of those people who are working? And, you know, your people in this country, what's beautiful is there's some mutual accounts or different accounts where if you put enough work in, like the fire system, you can retire at an early age where you can do what you want. I don't yet. I can't give you guys access to my money tree and shake it. So whenever you need money, can't give you access because too much money will kill too many people because they don't have to work. They'll be getting all type of high and drunk and, you know, there'll be no purpose for many. Some folks could handle that, but not the majority. Tell the people where they can find you and any last words, why they need to at least tap into a FaceTime call. And it and it's a paid call, y'all, because that's the way it should be when someone has a business. You shouldn't be asking for no hookup. So give them the game. <laughs> okay. Well, y'all can find me on Instagram at Ancestral Hottie, um, Ancestral h-o-t-t-i-e um you can also find me on twitter at golden baby x444 that's really where i just like i don't know i just be tweeting on there so y'all just want to watch me you could do that um but my facetime calls definitely booking for a facetime call or come see me out of market if you want to see me in person because you don't want to pay for my phone calls then come see me at one of my many markets that I post at least once a month on my Instagram page. I'm recently coming off of a break right now. So I have a lot of new categories such as the money, honey, tarot reading, FaceTime call option, um, check the energy. We can tap into whatever question you may want. My FaceTime calls are unlimited calls and limited questions and we can go as deep or as as long as you can go as deep as you would like, depending on your question. If you have extra time, we could also tap into other subjects. But book a FaceTime reading with me. Follow me on Instagram at AncestralHottie or come see me at one of my markets in Houston, Texas or Austin. So thanks, y'all. You guys have been blessed with the game. And it is a different type of game 
as you see, we don't go into, and if we pay you on crypto, could I then flush that money and then launder it back? No, we don't do that. This isn't not the show to show you how to do any plays like that. It's to show you how entrepreneurs started, sustain, succeed, win in their lanes. Hopefully you are making plans, taking notes, rewinding so you can win in yours too. Now your job is to like this game, wherever you heard it. Apple and Podbean, I know you guys are the biggest leaders, but let's pick up the YouTube numbers too. You can subscribe to the game. And most importantly, no matter what you do or where you do it at, share this game with somebody. It will change their life. Y'all be blessed. Hello everyone, this is Latasha Blanton from the Real South Africa Travel and Tourism. And you're gonna have the opportunity to travel with Phil Scott to... Sunny South Africa. You guys are gonna have the opportunity to come to Johannesburg and you guys are gonna be coming to Durban. And we're gonna set it up perfectly. It's gonna be like a luxury experience for you guys. At the same time, you're gonna be getting some culture. And of course, you're gonna get an opportunity to talk to Phil, hang out with Phil, and get his views on Africa and South Africa. You're also gonna get an opportunity to explore the lifestyles here that are available in South Africa. And we're gonna do all that for you in an amazing 10 days. We do hope that you go to the website and book because we do look forward to seeing you here. Absolutely, our website is therealsouthafrica.com. Go there, scroll down, you'll see a picture of Phil and just go ahead and book there. So we'll see you here in what we like to call sunny, sunny South, South Africa. Africa. Hi everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia? Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20 and in this course you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a thousand South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Hey,